And then on top of that, you were able to fill out every room <laughs> and, and get it rented out. Easy. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the classic house hack. That's a perfect example of a single family classic uh, uh, house hack. Because usually when we say house hack, we're usually talking about like multifamily, but you can easily do it with a single family as well, as long as you have the mentality. Now, I just want to touch on a couple of things that you talked about there, which I think are extremely important for, for our listeners and uh, the young soldiers or, or senior soldiers that are out there listening, or just, I guess, military service members. I'm sorry, we got some sailors on, on board today. So, uh, <laughs> hey, How's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby, and this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glaspy. And welcome to the Military Cash Flow. All right, today's guest, we have Mike DeMazzo out there from, you're in California, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm in San Diego. Unfortunately. <laughs> dude, you're in California. I'm in freaking northern New York. It's freaking freezing up here, dude. Like, I would, what I wouldn't <laughs> give to be in Cali, dude. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, man, so we're excited to have you on. Um, checked out, you, you, he's got his own YouTube channel. I'm sure you'll, you'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, he's uh, another active duty service member. Would you mind just go ahead and giving us a, a brief intro about yourself, what you're doing, you know, where you're from, things like that? So I'm stationed out here in San Diego, not a bad gig. I've been in the service for 15 years, active duty, enlisted, um, E6, mostly been stationed out here in California. Well, out of my whole 15 years, I probably had four, no, three years not in San Diego, but still in California. So, hey, that, that's, that's I don't insane. know how you lucked out with that, how you lucked yeah. out with that one, man. It's I don't like, even know. I'm originally from Jersey, so. What, what, you're in the Navy, right? I am. So I'm, so I'm active duty Navy. I work in aviation side of the Navy. Nice. So. Definitely different. It's not just the ships and all the boats. We have, you know, jets, helo helicopters, everything. See, the Army the army has something like that where, you know, you might get lucky and get stationed in one spot for your entire career. It's called Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That's a thing. <laughs> the center of the universe, right? <laughs> that is a thing. Yeah. yeah I, I actually wouldn't mind that, man. I'm up here at Fort Drum right now. It's, uh, it's just pretty cool. The unit's not bad. It's just, it's just the, the things here. There's not much to do, you know, so but it's all good. So um, real estate, how did that, how did that happen? Tell us about that. What's, what's going on with that? So real estate for me was something I wanted to get into for the longest before like my 10 year mark, before I left San Diego, I was looking at properties due to unfortunate events. I wasn't able to buy and I got stationed somewhere else in Fresno area in central California. So when I went and got stationed out there, I knew that was a place I wanted to buy. The houses were about 165 to 200,000 really? bedroom, two bath. That's California prices. That's um, good though. About 1300 square feet. And I was just like, man, this is, this is the right opportunity in the right place. Because I went over there with that mentality, mm -hmm. I decided to, you know what, let me just rent out a room for $500 for about until I find the right place. 
Right. What happened was I found the right place in like six months while I was out there. When I found it, I just kind of messaged people from bigger pockets. Um, Elizabeth Colesgrove of uh, the Reluctant Landlord, and she had reached out like, "Hey, like, I'm an investor out here. Don't use your VA loan." I was all like, "Oh, okay. Like, don't use my VA loan. What am What am I gonna use? You know, this is something different." She was like, "Out here, there's something called a USDA loan." What that is, is it's for rural areas where they want people to move over there and live over there and everything like that. So I found my place that was a foreclosure. This was 2013, 165, I want to say. The three bedroom, two bath, or 200 square feet. And looking into the numbers, I knew what my BH covered. It would cover exactly just that without renting out the rooms. So I had that mentality of like, Okay, worst comes to worst, I can't get anybody in. Like, I'll pay for this on my own. I'd like tough it out and just like shower in the gym so I could cut down on water costs. <laughs> I'd be even in the galley, but I knew that's what I wanted. And I would even like practice that mentality of like, okay, this is how it is showering in the gym. Not much lights on, but I had that property. So I remember specifically looking at that. That was actually my first spot that I looked at. And I just, it just felt right. Like numbers were there, everything. I drove up to the driveway the night before, like making that offer and putting it in and just like visualize myself. Just this is how it feels to pull into this driveway. This is going to be mine. Lo and behold, about two months later, I was able to close on that property. A couple people from my squadron reached out and was like, hey, listen, like we're just about to get BAH, basic allowance housing. And they're like, hey, AZ1, you know, that's great rank. They were like, I know you have a place. I was wondering if we could rent it out, this and that. And I was like, dude, that's an automatic yes. Like, you guys can rent it out. I just split everything so that they're able to cover my mortgage. Yep. So instead of, but instead of just like, okay, they're covering my mortgage, I kind of acted like I'm also a tenant in my own house. I didn't take the biggest room. I gave it to the couple that, was interested and then my other friend that was interested he got the other room so i took the smallest room part of me even wanted to be like oh man i still got room in the couch like <laughs> i'll sleep in the garage you know and that was just that mentality of how i got like started in real estate always i always loved it always read um what was that rich dad poor dad my first appointment but never never like pulled the trigger until the unfortunate event of why I went over to Fresno. What, tell me, tell me, tell me this though, Fresno, California. When I think of California, man, I'm thinking prices are, you know, 300,000 for a 700 square foot, one bed, one bath. But you're telling me you found a three bedroom, two bath for 165,000. Yes. That's pretty good. That, I mean, and then on top of that, you were able to fill out every room <laughs> and, and get it rented out. Easy. 
So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the classic house hack. That's a perfect example of a single family classic uh, um, house hack. Because usually when we say house hack, we're usually talking about like multifamily, but you can easily do it with a single family as well, as long as you have the mentality. And I just want to touch on a couple of things that you talked about there, which I think are extremely important for, for our listeners and uh, the young soldiers or, or senior soldiers that are out there listening, or just, I guess, military service members. I'm sorry, we got some sailors on, on board today. So uh, <laughs> for us. Uh, for anybody out there listening, we talked uh, number one, you talked about the mentality, right? You mentioned, you said that, that word a couple different times. You had to, you had to change your mentality. You had the mentality of a not, um, I'm not sure if I can do this because I live in California, but how can I do this? Instead of, I can't do this. How can I do this? And you figured out a way, right? You went out and network, found out the USDA loan. Um, and then you went ahead and purchased your, your property. Next thing was you said, uh, well, man, I'm just barely covering my B, you know, barely, barely covering my BH with this uh, property or this, this meets my BH is right there. Right. So you, uh, you already went into it with the right mentality. Well, I don't care. Even if I don't rent this thing out at the very worst case scenario, you know, I'm going to eat in the galley. I'm going to freaking, um, I'm going to do whatever you need to do to make sure exactly <laughs> make sure, make sure it happens. Um, and of Fortunately, of course, you, you rented out, you did the house hack, which is awesome. Uh, but then you also talked about the visualization piece. Like that's a, a key piece of, uh, if anybody's heard of Hal Elrod's book, um, Miracle Morning. Yeah, Miracle Morning, Miracle Morning, Howard Elrod's book, visualizing exactly what you're going to do um, and how powerful that is to making things, making things come to fruition, which is, uh, I think, it's phenomenal. Um, so question, a couple questions. Um, to unpack the USDA loan, uh, that's, that's something that not a lot of people are familiar with, right? And then especially when we say don't use the VA loan, use the USDA loan. Why is that? What are some of the advantages of that? And um, can you kind of just explain that a little bit? For me, the advantage was just not really, not tapping into the VA loan <clears throat> yet because I knew like even before that first property, I knew I wanted multiple properties. I have a goal of eight properties um, in California and then the advantage is that it already shows you what properties are available for you. So it already filters that option of like, okay, well, can I get a USD loan here or there? It shows you exactly. They have a website that you could go on. All the same rules apply as the VA loan, kind of like, you know, it's a no money down. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a very, stringent like process of making sure the properties are good properties you can't you have to live there in that property so it's similar to be able but you could refinance after two years move out of that if you found a bigger some of the things i wish i knew actually i wish i would have just went after two years just okay let me go find another usda loan yep you know but those are the items that i feel like is what why it's advantageous for people yeah, USDA loan guys, like there's there's a few homeowner occupied loans, USDA loan, FHA loan, VA loan. Um, but I mean, Mike hit the nail on the head. The USDA with 0% down, that is, in my opinion, the way I like to explain it to my clients, that's the civilian version of a VA loan, right? So they can basically benefit with the same type of incentives and all this good stuff. There are some requirements though. Like Mike said, you have to be in a region, you know, considered a fairly rural region, or, um, and there are certain qualifications that make it USDA qualified, but nonetheless, man, you can go in, use that, next year use a VA, next year use an FHA, and before you know it, 
you have three properties and all you did was spend three and a half percent down on one, right? Something like that. But, but that's a beautiful way that you got creative uh, with the house hack. Yeah, that's actually my next plan is the FHA. I just used the VA loan for my property here. Nice. In California. So that one, I didn't get to house hack. I got married. I realized, you know, I can't really house hack with my, my wife. <laughs> She's not having it. She yeah, have she, she's actually the boss. So <laughs> that's how that worked. I was like, well, I guess. <clears throat> so that, that's how rent gets split. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but so I use my VA loan for out here. It's a crazy price, but I, I love the area. I know it'll go up in value. Mm -hmm. um, it's La Jolla, California in San Diego. So it has that like top tier zip code, so to speak. It, mm -hmm. So the FHA is my next one. If you don't mind me asking, what's the general price range? I don't, I don't need to know. Is it is it like three to four, four to five? No, no, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I'll say it. So for a one bedroom, one bath, right, one hundred square feet. How much would you guess? Yeah, see, I thought I'm thinking half a million. I don't know. Yeah, but. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm gonna go with about four hundred. I was able to close at three fifty. Yeah, three fifty. It's yeah. now the condo is about four twenty right now. Right, right, right. And I the appreciation out there. Yeah, twenty seventeen, and I applied the same method as when I moved transferred back down here. Yeah. Like, let me go find a place. Just rent out a room, looked around the area, and I was able to find something in six months. And that seems pretty affordable when you think about it that way with uh, with uh, living there um, with your wife and things of that nature. And then just a quick caveat, once you do go get the FHA, do you plan on occupying the new FHA? And if so, what do you plan on doing with your current condo? So the condo, actually, I'm, I'm going to rent it out soon. I'm transferring later this, uh, this year to um, Japan. I'm transferring over overseas. Nice. So kind of just rent those two um, properties out, find a good property manager. Mm -hmm. And then once we come back to the States, probably use the FHA or even if I find properties out of state, I don't know. The out of state things still debatable in my head. Um, but yeah, probably just save up as much as I can while I'm in Japan, watch the market from out there. That's awesome. Where, where are you going out in Japan? Just curious. <clears throat> uh, Misawa. Okay. It's an Air Force base. I, I don't even know why I grew up there. Is, is it like, um, well, I'm not sure. Never mind. I, I, was, I was just in Tokyo not too long ago, but like four or five months ago or something like that. I, I, was, at an, I was in an Air Force base. It was an Air Force and a Navy base, I believe, out there somewhere. But yes. I don't remember what the name it was. I don't remember what Okinawa? the name it was. No, it wasn't Okinawa. No. Mm. Um, but, oh, no issues. So let's let's talk about some of the uh, some of the specifics and the the thought processes of um, of one your USDA loan and then also your more recent VA loan uh, condo. Um, I love to for I love to kind of kind of get your your thoughts on how you went about it, like the 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 beginning stages of it. All right, you know you knew you wanted something a single family. Did you know you wanted a single family with the Fresno uh, yeah. property? If you did, you know, was your plan all along to do the house hack and like what? What were some of the numbers? Can you give us a general idea of what that looked like? Same thing with the VA loan. With so the, for the first property, I knew I wanted to house hack. It was it was definitely before. Like I feel like it was before it was like called house hack. Like now it's like such a big term. So it was pretty cool to just kind of be at the forefront of that in a way. 
Um, the numbers wise, the mortgage was about 1100 and I just rented out the two rooms for 600 and then my room, I would just pay 400 which I would just put in a separate like account. So I knew already like, okay, I can't, I got to open up a different account so that I could have it set for that property. And now I'm just rolling that over with my VA loan, like my condo now, so that when I do transfer, it's like, okay, everything's deducted from there. It's easy for my CPA to take care of stuff. And then some advantages of the VA loan out here I think San Diego, it's, it's super expensive and it's hard to like make it work as far as like finding a duplex, but there are deals out there. The VA loan out here, if I were to able to find a house, I would do the same thing. Unfortunately, like got married, so that's why I said the condo. Be, be careful with that, man. You're saying, unfortunately. Yeah, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. Can't say that. Yeah. We <laughs> we're not a part of this. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I did not hear that. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I cut that. <laughs> yeah. No, but go ahead. No, but uh, yeah, San Diego, I think I just, I know the location. I have like full faith in it. <clears throat> Went up as much as like over 100,000. 365 to 420 went up that much and like in the span of two years so i think i think that's extremely important for uh the fact that you know your market well enough that you know this is may not be a market for cash flow this is maybe a market for appreciation right but understanding your market is so imperative when you're making these decisions for example if you're in san diego you're in denver colorado you're in these really expensive markets you may not be able to find that 1% or 2% rule duplex or quad, but you can find a nice, beautiful home rented out by the room, house hack it the traditional way, and now you've just turned what could have been a horrible cash flow play into a positive investment, right? And now you're holding on this one because it's a personal decision you made with you and your wife, and now your net worth is just jumped up by, you know, whatever it did in equity because you understood your market and you thought about it before you went ahead and uh, moved forward. So, I mean, as you guys are out there making decisions, it's not unfortunate that you're married, right? Let's point that yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fortunate that you can have that conversation with your wife or your significant other, your spouse, right? And um, and talk about those different approaches. But I, I like that. That's a good point there. Yeah, definitely. The um, beginning with the end in mind, right? That's that's right. what it's all about, man. Like, so you, you already knew you wanted to invest where you wanted to invest at, but you know, before you just kind of jump in and take action and become one of those, uh, those accidental landlords that, you know, that I hate seeing, I hate seeing a lot of service members are just accidental landlords that go for the biggest property, not thinking about what's going to happen next. You know, they maximize or use the extent of their, their VA loan or the extent of not their VA loan, the extent of the, uh, what they can afford. And then, you know, when it's time to PCS, unfortunately, that's an unfortunate, unfortunately, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> unfortunately they, they can't, they can't rent out for, um, can't rent the place out for what their mortgage is worth. So now they're, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck or they can't sell it, you know? So now they're really, really stuck and having to pay additional mortgage payments. Meanwhile, they're not even living there. So, um, you began with the end in mind, figured out what you, you know, Hey, Sam, uh, where you're at right now is a cash flow play or not a cash flow, an appreciation play. And, um, yeah, you can still rent it out and, and you'll be fine. That's good.
It's good stuff. Yeah, it, it's definitely like <clears throat> I don't think it's as much as my first property just because of the location of where Fresno is at, that market out there. Over here, where I'm at, my condo, I'm like right by a great university, UCSD. So there's a lot of med students, and I know rental wise, I'll make some money. Not, you know, you always want more money when you're running things out, but it's, it's enough. And sometimes, sometimes it's better to have that stable stability, uh, right over the cash flow. Cause, uh, if you really look at it, yeah, you can increase your cash flow on a rental property, but more than likely you're going to start to drop your stability. You're going to drop the class to really increase the cash flow. A class A or a class B, typically you're going to see smaller cash flow margins, but you're going to have more stable tenants, more qualified tenants, you know. Um, so that's also something to consider. Yeah, and the class A, class A and class B over class C and D usually appreciate a lot more uh, as far as market appreciation as well. Yeah. So that's uh, definitely another factor. So what's next for what's next for uh, Mike Damazo? So we know you're going to Japan um, right now. You're saying you you think you might just kind of hang out and uh, save, you know, just save some funds until you come back. But who knows what's what's next for you? What's next for me is this <clears throat> whole village is building up the YouTube channel, uh, educating service members to get the f out of debt, build wealth with you know real estate or stocks, investments, whatever the case is, but just really shifting that mindset for them. Uh, but we're talking about going to Japan. I do, I am still thinking about out-of-state properties. So that's definitely something I'm, I need to research more and everything. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Rich on Money, Rich Carey. Yeah, yeah. He was, the where I'm getting stationed at is where he was stationed at and he bought all those properties out of like Alabama or whatever the case yeah. is. So I, who knows, I may do some moves like that. <laughs> how would, how would let's, let's explore that a little bit. Maybe you'll come up with a decision after we, after this uh, conversation, <laughs> but uh, so how, how would you do that? Like explain, cause I know there's others that are stationed in, in Germany. I got friends that are in Germany. I got friends that are, that are in Japan. I got friends all, all across the world and they're saying the same thing. Like, Hey, I want to invest, but man, I'm going to be over here for a year. I'm going to be over in South Korea for two years, you know? So how would one go about that? Let's, let's expound on that a little bit. Well, I would definitely tap into my network of people that I know in whatever particular area to see like, Hey, who are the people making moves out there? Just get connected, kind of just talk with them, get familiar with their market mm -hmm. and everything like that. And then definitely take, for me, I'm one of those people that love to like have that face-to-face -face, um, relationship with people. So I would make, say, the trip out to Alabama, for instance, to go see the property and then to talk to um, property managers or general contractors and just to really drive through the neighborhood to see what the surrounding area is. Because I could, I could go on Google Maps all day and just go around. I could read everything online. But it, there's something different when you just go to whatever location or meet whoever, whichever person, and make that connection there. Because like right now, I have the property that was shown to me in Alabama. I haven't made my like trip out there because I'm like, oh man, Alabama is just a whole different state for me. Mm -hmm. My strong suit is California. As expensive as it is out here, it's it's a ball game I like to play. 
So you're you're much you're much more on that relationship based. You you need to have that comfort not only in the market but in the team that you're employing as well. Okay. Yeah, man. So I definitely understand that. I have a property in Alabama, actually. Uh, so like right on the borderline. But uh, so I'm I'm pretty. Well, I don't know what part of uh, what part of Alabama you're you're going with, but I'm somewhat familiar with it. I got my foreign entity there, you know. So, um, but we talked about, um, we talked about building a team, right? You're talking about doing it through building a team and technology makes it so awesome. So technology is so awesome. It makes it a lot easier to network and build that team that you need to go off in and um, invest in a different state. So, cause I've done the same exact thing. I had to, you know, I'm in New York right now and I own properties in, in Georgia. So I had to do something very, very similar. So what do you think is, um, the first team member or the first couple team members that, that you're going to try to network with and how do you plan on doing that? I know you said you want to do it physically face to face, of course, but you know, to start off with, what are you thinking? Mine would definitely be just other investors that's in that area. Uh, see who they have used as a real estate agent, different brokers. And then also for me, I am one of those people that I'm, active duty so I can't really I mean I can do the property management myself but I'd rather have a team so it's one less thing to worry about when there's a whole different set of other things you're trying to accomplish uh, so a property manager general contractor real estate agent and definitely a broker I'm gonna tell you there's a there's turnkey companies out there there's a lot of controversy right yeah. uh, <laughs> about some of these turnkey companies, but they essentially source their deal, right? It could be a wholesale deal, whatever the case may be. They source it internally. <clears throat> they get the rehab done and completed, and then they sell it to you as a package deal with the tenant and property management, but they tend to sell it at market value. So you're okay. going in there and you might be getting your 1% or your 1.2%, but you're not retaining any equity versus something like the Burr strategy or something like that. You know, you could do it from a distance, long distance investing, right? David Green, shout out. Um, but you could do a bird method and then maintain your equity on the back end. So really, it kind of just depends on what it, what you're looking for. But it, to me, it sounds like you're you're more interested in establishing the proper team in a good network in a good area. So a turnkey company might be something that you'd be willing to entertain, right? Or at least yeah. start interviewing them. Yeah, definitely look into that. These, yeah, are, so these are the things I don't know. You know, so if you if you do plan on getting into turnkey or you're interested in turnkey, um, we did a video a while back with Marco Santarelli, who's who's like major, big, big turnkey guy. Um, and just like Mike said, he does sell it. He does. They usually do sell it uh, market value, um, but obviously it's because of the work that they do. They're giving you literally a, a turnkey investment. You know, so you're just cash flowing off the off the top as soon as you get it. Now you're not going to make a lot of. Uh, you're not going to have equity from the jump, but usually. You'll uh, you'll gain that equity over through time, basically um, through debt pay down and then through market appreciation as well. So uh, you got those options, but definitely go check out that video uh, market uh, with Marco Centarelli, um, and he kind of talks all about it and what he's doing. Um, I believe he's in Tennessee. I believe he's his, most of his deals are coming out of Tennessee. So I'm not 100 percent sure though. But yeah, yeah there's like there's like five. I can think of like five off the top of my head for sure. Let, let's let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit, man. Let's talk about this YouTube channel, man. What are you doing? Well, you said you're helping out veterans. What's your YouTube channel? Your social media presence? What that? What's that all about? So YouTube channel, just 
started right after the FinCon, kind of get the ball rolling. Um, and my mission is to help service members get the F out of debt and then build wealth. It's crazy because about 82% of service members are in $10,000 worth of credit card debt. And wow. my mar target market is enlisted personnel because I'm, I'm enlisted. A lot of us that are enlisted don't go to school. And, you know, it's a different mentality of like, I'll, I'll just keep working. I'll just keep working or paycheck mm -hmm. paycheck at times. So you really have to shift that. So I'm on YouTube to be able to like, hey, listen, I was there. I was the one that was like every Friday getting model service or getting a BMW <laughs> and everything. Like I still see my homies and everything here in San Diego, but I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like I gotta do a YouTube video, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Damazo. Instagram handle is uh, fitnesswealth, fitness.wealth. Nice. And then Twitter is just Mike Damazo. What was, what was the catalyst for you, man? What was the, the spark that made you say, you know what? Let me start educating people on the same struggles that I had. What, what made you decide to go with that direction? For me, it was because... I got into getting serious with my personal finance like 10 years after in the service. So I want to be able to talk to junior service members that's like, hey, it's Friday, like, let's go out. Or like, we just got back from deployment. Let's go buy a Mustang. Like, yo. 24% interest. 24% interest. I need that Mustang. I need that Dodge Charger. That's what it is, dude. Yep. The Dodge Charger. I see that in the parking lot all the time. The Charger <laughs> or the freaking, uh, or the Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> you could make that money, you could get that, but you just got you got to have that mentality like, yo, I could sacrifice that right now in the real estate investing or whatever investing in different side hustles and everything. So it's just really talking to junior service members. Someone I wish, you know, I just went on YouTube and was like, wow, this guy's talking about some real shit that nobody really talks about. I don't have to go eat out all the time. I mean, can but right. you know, the galley's just as good and and I, I love that man because nobody has patience anymore everybody looks at instagram looks at social media looks at all these you know superstars and they literally think it happened overnight no nobody just came upon wealth unless they inherited it you know maybe their parents were rich but everybody that has something worth having they grind it they worked they were frugal when they needed to be invested their time and energy when they needed to so yeah life's about choices absolutely you can go out every day and eat out if you want sure or you can decide hey for one week or two weeks out of the month i'm going to be dedicated eat at home be frugal take those savings invest it somewhere then the other two weeks yeah everything's done in moderation right but you got to start somewhere so i like that thank you Big time, man. There's no such thing as the overnight overnight success, mm -hmm. dude. Like, and, and I, I love that uh, that you're documenting. I think that's that's pretty much how we start off as well. Like, hey, we're gonna document this journey and, and show exactly what it takes from the bottom. You know, start from the bottom. You know, and eventually we'll be here. You know, <laughs> so yeah, dude. Yeah. So um, so five, ten years from now, you know, when you when you got your uh, when you got your 
boatload of properties, you know, out there in, in California, like you want to, and you're cash flowing like you want to. And somebody thinks, man, it was so easy for you, Mike. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know how you did it so quick. Show them this video, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. show this video. Yeah. So with that being, long time. with that being said, man, you, you're doing all this stuff. You're doing your investing on the side. Obviously you're still self-managing the one in Fresno. You got your YouTube channel, but you're still active duty, right? A position of leadership. So how are you managing all of this at the same time? I basically don't sleep. No. <laughs> what, what's your, give, give us an example of your schedule. Give us an example of the schedule. That's, uh, that's, that's what they want to hear. So right now I work night shift. So like when I'm at work, I'm at work. Like there's nothing else. I even like, I have my like dedicated, like I'm going to eat at this time. Basically what it is is an hour of, eating and working on YouTube content of like, okay, what's the next video I want to do? Let me do my research. Okay. Follow up with people. I'm very like, I have an alarm for every hour. Basically it'll just go off and be like, okay, it's already like 11. I need to be doing this already. Cause a lot of times we're so focused. I focus on money and time. So I need to make sure my time I'm maximizing every single hour so i have like the count like i'm the type of person i need to write it down so i'll write it down and then i'll put it on my google calendar and then make sure i'm there show up if it's on the calendar it doesn't exist mm, who else said that man that sounds very very familiar Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike, man. Yeah. Ruben Garcia, man, he's got me. That's how I live my life, too, man. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. Man, I, it's, that's too funny. All right, uh, so. But, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. So, so you're working night shifts, right? And we're saying you, you got everything set up on the hour. Can you just give us, an, like, a, literally, like a brief example? All right, I wake up at this time. All right, this is time I, I kind of do. I'm doing these activities. This time I'm doing these activities. Or I'm going to bed here, getting this much sleep. So that people really understand, like, how you know how this works is for some reason people are under there's a lot of there's a lot of service members out there they're like man there's no way i just don't have the time in the day to do everything that you are doing i don't understand how you're doing it so can you give us a breakdown uh just just dissect that just a little bit more okay so <clears throat> i brought out the phone man I <laughs> I out the phone. to like let you know so i go to bed about now that i'm working nights about two so I'll sleep until like for six hours, six or seven, depending on how I feel. Whenever I wake up at eight, nine, I'm just getting ready, go work out, come back about 10.30. Tomorrow I have an interview with someone at 10 and then 11. So I'll be done at 12 with all that. I'll start getting ready for work just the hour before and then head to work about two because you know you got you always show up early it's not yeah, there's yeah. no eight hour days so that's all the way to 10 and then after 10 30 really we get off of work about 2300 sometimes midnight when i'm off work i go over here to a weaver start grinding out some stuff start learning stuff and then make sure i'm at the house about 1 30 a.m and then get ready to go to bed. So as long as I set up my night before, I'm successful in my morning. God, man, I love that. And 
you're going to see a common trend in all of our interviews. Everybody says generally the same thing. I don't sleep, but what it is, man, is they set, they, you just set priorities. You know what you're going for. You chose not to make an excuse. Instead, you made it a simple structure to follow by putting it in a calendar and then setting it up the day before. That's an easy tip to success. Write it down, listeners. <laughs> big time. Yeah, big time, man. Like um, planning out the day before, planning out your day the day before, planning out your week the week before, um, planning out your month sometimes a month before those big, those big, you know, those big rocks basically and making sure that you're prioritizing those and utilizing all the time that you actually have available. Obviously, you got to sleep. I mean, everybody says you don't sleep, but, you know, instead of sleeping for like 10 hours, we might be sleeping for six hours or five hours, you know, so. Um, at big time and that's 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 key i love how you broke that down hey what, what was that big rocks thing dan Where, what's the name of that video i know what you're talking about but explain that a little bit better yeah so um you you can prioritize so throughout the day you have a whole bunch of stuff that you can do right you can either be working on these little pebbles right you, you only have a certain amount of time you got a cup here's my red cup there's not beer in it i promise so you got <laughs> so you got the red cup hold on <laughs> <laughs> so you got so you got this cup right and this is a, the amount of time that you have you every single item you have is like putting a pebble into the cup right um and then at the end of it you know you you, you need us the big chunks the, the big chunks are the important chunks like the size of the rock is, a, is the importance of the activity. What you want to do is you want to be attacking those bigger rocks and putting those bigger, using your time on those bigger rocks versus those little bitty pebbles. Um, like I need to check Facebook or I need to write this person a message back on, on Instagram or I need to, you know, simple things like that. Instead, you want to be, all right, I need to analyze my next deal or I need to be writing offers. What are those things that matter the most? Um, was, was Gary, uh, Gary Keller, like the one thing, if it doesn't make my life easier, if it's not an action that's making my life or making something easier, then that's not the activity that I should be doing. I probably butchered that, but that's essentially that's what it is. Awesome. Yeah, man. Cause that's, that's so important. Uh, the big rocks could be family, right? It could be religion. It could be anything, but whatever's most important to you. If you start filling your, your cup up first with all the Netflix and the everything else, before you know it, you ran out of space. You don't have any more space. So you, you did the same thing, Mike. You was like, all right, cool. I, I have my big rock, which is my employment. I cannot avoid that. But every other section I can control is getting the big rocks that are important to me. Content, family time, so forth and so on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also just wanted to go back really quick. And when I was in Fresno, I, would even, I was going to school and I had a part-time job. Mm. People would always be like, how are you doing that? And I'd just be like, because it's just time management. There's so much money in that. Yeah, I love it, man. It's, yeah, everybody gets 24 hours. Everybody gets 24 hours. So, I mean, really, what are you going to do with it? It's prioritizing, exactly. what's, prioritizing what's important in life, man. You're not, not watching a lot of football or not watching a lot of baseball or whatever you watch. You know, you're, you're focusing on the, getting this uh, building wealth and creating military cash flow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Hey, so, um, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to any of our listeners that are just starting off or, uh, just any piece of advice in general, what would that one piece of advice be? It would be scare money. Don't make money. Uh, but uh. calculated moves. Is what brings money. 
Say that one more time. Scared money don't make money. Calculated moves makes money. I like that. I like that a lot too. I might, you're, you're probably hearing me say that a couple of times in a, a couple other videos. Scared money don't make money. Yeah. <laughs> Calcula calculated <laughs> moves. <laughs> you got to have those calculated moves. Yeah. Big time. Big time. All right. So <clears throat> that's excellent. How can our, how can our listeners uh, get in contact with you? Um, how can we find out more about Mike DeMazzo and uh, the platforms that you run? So definitely check out the YouTube channel, subscribe if you feel like it, hit that thumbs up, whatever the case is. And on Instagram, my handle is fitness.wealth. And on Twitter, it is Mike DeMazzo. So just reach out to me in any socials. Always happy to connect with others, answer any questions, or point them in the right direction if I don't know that answer. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I got the YouTube. I got the YouTube up right now and I've already subscribed. So you guys go out there, uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit a like, leave a comment on the, uh, on the, on the page there. Um, it's got fitness and wealth and you know, new videos weekly. It's a nice little, I like it, like the little yellow, you know, this looks really, really nice. It looks really, really clean. So you guys make sure to go out and check Mike's, ch check out Mike's channel, sub subscribe to uh, his channel and then also reach out to him on social media as well. Now, and then the same for us. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube or you listen to this on podcast, do us a favor, leave, a, leave us a five-star review. Um, also, like, comment, share, <clears throat> especially share with others. We're all about trying to get this knowledge out to other service members, like Mike said, uh, like both Mike say. Um, <laughs> so we're trying to get this knowledge out, spread the knowledge as much as possible and create uh, wealth and military cash flow for other service members as well. Uh, with that, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. Signing off.